Hi there! Welcome to episode 10 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Today's game is Mario Paint for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Enjoy! Hello again, this is the Waveback Music Podcast, a show where we listen to and reminisce about some of the best video game music there is. My name is Chris and I am your host. Tonight, as we draw ever closer to the release of Super Mario Maker for the Wii U, I've decided to shine a spotlight on a game that seems to have been a major inspiration for the upcoming Build-A-Game experience. I'm talking about the game that's made painting fun, the game that made music creation easy to grasp, the game that made swatting flies an absolute blast. I'm talking about... Yes, Mario Paint for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System is the focus today. Now, technically, there's an infinite music in this game, because it's got its very own music editor built right in. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but the focus today is all about the music that exists within the game from the get-go, and it's some remarkably catchy stuff. Let's start off with some background. Mario Paint was released here in America on August 1st, 1992. In case you're unfamiliar, it's an art program similar to MS Paint, but dripping with Nintendo charm and some really cool extras. There are colors, stamps, brushes, and more at your disposal to draw, color, and even animate images right on your TV screen. It even came bundled with the Super NES mouse to give the player more precise control over what they were doing. Now, it may not seem like a lot today, but back in 1992, having an art program like this that you could fully function on your TV was really one of the coolest things in the world. In addition to the painting stuff, there was also a music maker mode, where players were given a basic music staff and a set of instruments raising from standard to bizarre. We'll be hearing more stuff from that mode later. Finally, you had a built-in minigame called Nat Attack, where you used the mouse to move around a white-gloved hand and a a fly swatter in it and swat the heck out of passing bugs. It was remarkably fun, and it had some kick-ass music, too. Speaking of the music, the music in Mario Paint is credited to Ryoji Yoshitomi, Kazumi Totaka, and Hirokazu Hip Tanaka. It's tough to nail down exactly who was responsible for what, but you can hear the influence of all three of these folks all over the game. Yoshitomi is credited with working on a lot of stuff from the old Game Boy days, like Alleyway, Golf, and F1 Race, as well as some newer stuff like Wii Fit and Wii Play. You may also recognize that name from our previous episode, since he also worked on the music for Mario Clash for the Virtual Boy. Kazumi Totaka has also been mentioned on this podcast before for having been credited as the composer for Virtual Boy Wario Land. Mario Paint is the first game, as far as we know, where his famous Totaka song Easter Egg can be found. Again, that's to our knowledge. It's popped up in a whole lot of games, and uh, this is the first instance, at the very least, that I'm aware of. Finally, we have Hirokazu Hip Tanaka. I've spoken at length about this gentleman in previous episodes. He is an absolute legend in my eyes, and has written some of the very best video game music in history, including Kid Icarus, Metroid, Balloon Kid, Dr. Mario, etc. There's an extraordinary amount of talent involved in this one, so let's get right to it. The first track of the night is going to be the title screen, and what a title screen it was. It may look plain and simple at first, but if you really wanted to get adventurous and start poking the letters in the actual title, you would get different results. We'll talk a bit more about those in a moment, but first, let's just listen to the basic title screen music. It's catchy, it's fun, and it's just plain awesome. Here's track one, title screen.
That is just a... what a remarkably catchy little tune. Now, if I had to venture a guess, I would say that tune was probably done by Totaka, because he, he tends to like to do a lot of interesting and staccato types of things, and it's a very staccato type of song. Um, now, I alluded before about being able to, to poke the title screen and make it do different things, and you'll notice about halfway through that track that a bass line started coming in, and that's one of the neat little things that you can add to the music as you go. And that's, I'm pretty sure that was when you clicked the M. So you know, each letter in Mario Paint, uh, each one that you would poke, would a, a different thing would happen. It was, it was, it was pretty darn cool. Um, like, if you press I, the music gets all wiggly and shaky sounding. If you press P, it lets you paint all over the screen, and the background music changes to a modified version of another song we'll listen to later in the, the episode. Uh, the A brings Yoshi across the screen, and as he runs across, uh, the little Yoshi drums that tend to happen whenever you jump on Yoshi, uh, you know, play along to the music. It's it's really, really cute, really, really clever, and a really nice little metagame to, to start the game off with if you uh, were adventurous enough to start poking stuff. And yeah, I, I'm fairly certain it was the M, but definitely one of the letters you poked uh, would cause that baseline to come, and you can like poke it and then unpoke it, and you know change the baseline on and off, and it, it was very cute. Uh, the second track we're going to listen to is Totaka's song, and this is uh, what would po pop up if you pressed the letter O. Um, actually, there was a little bit of an animation first. You press the, the O in Mario, and it turns into a bomb. And as soon as the, the fuse goes down and the bomb blows up, all the letters fly over the screen and they reform, and the music is gone, uh, replaced with this little number here, um, which is a, an interesting little tune. So here, we're just going to play it real quick. Uh, this is Totaka's song. So it's a <laughs> it's a really straightforward little ditty, and um, it shows up in a ton of games. It's actually like it's a it's a really interesting Easter egg in a whole bunch of different games. I know another place I found it was in Link's Awakening. I don't even remember how you make it happen, but there's a way to make the uh, menu character select not character select a file select screen play Totaka's song. Uh, there was even a really interesting video where somebody thought they had found Totaka's song really, really hidden within uh, Wii Sports Tennis, where the um, the the different frequency that the ball hits sounded like played in order of the notes of Totaka's song, which is absolute insanity that anyone would even think to piece that together. Um, there's a great, um, I think the, the show is called Pop Fiction on GameTrailers.com that's dedicated to finding Totaka's song in Wii Sports, which is just absolute madness. I'll leave a link in the show notes. Definitely worth checking out. But ah, All right, so moving on. After you uh, eventually wind up poking Mario, after you're done playing with all those different letters, you can start up Mario Paint. And um, before you start the game, a pair of white characters, uh, this little white, almost fleshed-out stick figure dudes, are doing sit-ups for some reason. And um, that little thing you heard at the very beginning of the episode when I introduced the game Mario Paint was one of two different soundtracks that you will hear when these two little guys are doing sit-ups. That was the least, the late, the less common one. I, 
nine times out of ten, when at least in my experience when starting the game, you would hear this cute little opening demo that we're about to play, which would be a, which will be our track number three. But every now and then, you would get that really cool one that ended in Mario Paint, uh, and it's a really cute little animation. They do a handful of sit-ups, and the guy doing the sit-ups. Uh, there's another one. The other guy's holding his feet down. The guy doing the sit-ups rolls backwards and then does a handstand, and that's the end of it. <laughs> and then you start the game. So uh, think about stick figures doing sit-ups and listen to track three, opening demo two. So yeah, it's it's hard to call it a song. There's actually only two notes in that one, but... I don't know. I it, it holds a nostalgic place in my heart because it was there every time you started up the game. And boy, did I start up this game a lot. I love this game so, so much. I spent an unreasonable amount of time on it. And the song that I probably listened to the most would be our next track, track number four, which is just called BGM1. Um, once the game fires up after the little uh, dudes are done doing their, their sit-ups, the regular standard blank canvas paint screen starts and the default music is bgm1 and this song if i had to venture a guess um sounds very much like something written by hip tanaka uh it's just got that that perfect catchy melody to it it's 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 the theme of mario paint it's the the thing that if you at least in my mind, when I think of Mario Paint and I think of music, I think of this track because it's just it's just the ubiquitous track for Mario Paint, uh, and it was the background to most of the things that I did within the game and a, and a whole lot of time I spent there. So, without further ado, here is BGM One from Mario Paint. <laughs>
what's super cool about that track is it's 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 got just the right amount of energy to it because this is by no means an action game unless you're drawing an action scene of some sort. Um, but it's 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 a little bouncy, it's a little boppy, it's it's a little goofy. Um, it just kind of uh, it drips with whimsy and fun, uh, which is really what this game seemed to want to invoke more than anything in the world is just have fun creating stuff. I mean, it's a Mario game about drawing stuff. So yeah, it's just all about fun and creativity. And this song really encapsulated that uh, extraordinarily well. As as And again, I'm only assuming this was a hip Tanaka track. It sounds like something he would write to me. But regardless, whether he wrote it or one of the other two guys wrote it, doesn't matter. It's a darn great song. So, what was neat about the three different background music tracks is that they, they kind of provided very different types of experiences for drawing. Because, I, I guess, as, as somebody who can't draw, I can only guess. <laughs> but, I would assume that you want to be in different mindsets for drawing different things. And, if you wanted to, to treat this art program, if you, if you were utilizing it to express different... Um, inspirations, I, I would guess that you would want different kinds of music. So the next track we're going to listen to, BGM2, is more of a, um, it's a little bit more chill. It's got kind of a, I guess kind of a salsa vibe to it, or, or almost a tango, I don't know. Uh, it, it's fun, it's, it's, it's still just a little goofy and a little oblong, but it's less overtly fun than uh, BGM1 was. So I'll Let's just listen to it. Here is track number five, BGM2. Thank you. 
So this is kind of a longer track than uh, BGM1, but you'll notice that it had that sort of little callback to it, right towards the, uh, I guess, getting close to around when it looped. It just had that one little callback to the main theme of BGM1, which is really cool to have that level of cohesion. So even though it is a different style and really invokes a very different kind of feeling than uh, BGM1, it still has that, that you know sense of cohesion to it. So good on you, composing team of Mario Paint. Now we're going to move on to BGM number three, and uh, BGM three is drastically different from the first two. Whereas the first and second ones were w invoked a very different sense to them uh, and a very different feeling of what you were working with. <laughs> this next one is is extraordinarily different. is very very spacey. It's it's very much ambient almost. Uh, that you'll you'll hear very long stretches where one note will just continue to play consistently before something else happens. It's got a very, very relaxed and spacey vibe to it. And I really, really like this track. And it's interesting that I like it so much now, because I remember being a kid and never, ever wanting to turn this one on, uh, just because it was it was very bland and very boring to me. And, and now that I'm a little bit older, I, I appreciate it for what it is so much more and uh, it's I'm really happy to have rediscovered the track because up until I was doing the preparations for this episode I didn't have it in my my collection of Mario Paint tracks I actually had to go back and and re-download this one uh, because I, I never really had it for my own and I'm glad that I have it now because listening to it now with fresh ears it really is a cool, cool song. It's just, it's so different. It's actually pretty radically different from anything I think we've ever played on Waveback because this is by far the most am ambient tune that we've ever listened to. So here is track number six, BGM3. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
if I were a betting man, I would say, as somebody who has played Earthbound, there is no way that song wasn't written by Hirokazu Tanaka. Because there's definitely a track or two in Earthbound that is remarkably similar to uh, the overall feeling of that song right there. And we'll probably wind up doing an Earthbound episode somewhere in the future. But uh, in the meantime, if you haven't played Earthbound, go play it. It's great. Uh, At the very least, go listen to the soundtrack. It is remarkable. Um, And that song right there is very much a part of that. And it's, it's... it's so dreamy. It's it's so so out there and and spacier than the other two tracks. It was just it's a really remarkable turnaround there. Um but they all fit for what they were supposed to be, which was just here's something to put you in the mood to draw and create and uh it did a really good job of that. It really really did. Um very very impressive stuff. So now the next track we're going to listen to is called Special Stamp. Uh, Now, you had the ability to create your own stamps in this game. Uh, There were stamps that were prefabricated, and you could just, like, stamp little Mario heads or whatever, or drag them around and use a picture of a duck as, like, the tip of a a marker, and then just make this weird string of duck. Uh, It was very strange, um, but, but very fun. And then you could make your own special stamps, and that was really neat. And you could save them. And this was the uh, unique track that played while you were uh, creating your special stamp. Um, it's really robotic. It's very bizarre, uh, but it's, it's also pretty short. So here you go. Enjoy special stamp. <laughs> Well, not exactly the most dynamic sound in the world, but uh, it's a, it's still pretty um, spot on for what you're doing. It had that neat the, the back end of this game had this neat little factory kind of sound thing to it. Like anytime you're really really creating something or saving something, this kind of really reminds me a lot of the save music, which we're gonna get to in a little bit. Um, but yeah, um, I, I didn't spend a ton of time working on those those individual stamps. Uh, and and when I did spend a lot of time on it, I tended to mute the music, because uh, I felt like that song really got on my nerves after just a little while. But but taken in really small bursts, it's a pretty neat little tune. Uh, very very unique, very baseline heavy. Uh, a good time. Anyway, um, probably the piece of the game that I spent the most time with was the music maker maker stuff. Um, I spent so much time messing with the music maker and. Uh, there's actually a big online community of people that still use Mario Paint Music Maker to make stuff. And in fact, people have expanded upon it uh, in, in really, really remarkable ways. Uh, there's like a whole new program you can get uh, and download online and, and just expand way past the limits that the game set for you. Because you, know, you couldn't really do like sharps and flats. There weren't uh, 16th notes, and you could only save a certain number of notes at a time. Uh, there were a lot of limits on it, because it was a Super Nintendo game, and it was designed to be a very rudimentary music-making program. But uh, at the same time, it was it, even with those limits, it was remarkable what you could create. Um, and it would it was a lot easier to create things, because the game provided you with three demo songs to start with. Uh, And we're going to kick it off with Music Maker song number one, which will be our track eight for the evening. 
And this is a song you'll probably recognize, just a new fancy version of it created entirely using the tools of the Music Maker program in Mario Paint. So here is Music Maker song number one. Enjoy. So as you listen to that one, uh, you'll hear a couple of pig sounds and a really creepy baby noise. Um, Oh, that baby noise has always made me uncomfortable. It's just, there's a strange, very flesh-colored face that represented that sound, and it's always just kind of rubbed me the wrong way, just But uh, there were a couple of very entertaining uh, animal noises and things that you could do with those, like there was a dog sound, a cat sound, and a pig sound, and... They were just ridiculous. This whole program was just absolutely ridiculous. But now that was a song with a clearly defined beginning and end, uh, which obviously, based off of Super Mario World's music with the Super Mario Brothers intro to it, play on uh, some classic Koji Kondo music uh, and just a really neat way of showing off that you could do things like guitar chords with uh, the guitar sound, which was an airplane, uh, and the different kind of like drum effects that you could could create and the importance of using a bass line which was represented by hearts it was it's studying the way that was put together and how full it sounded even though you were only just you could only do so many things at a time it still managed to sound so full uh, was a great way of teaching you what the program was capable of now this next song we're going to skip over uh, music maker song number two because it's twinkle twinkle little star made entirely out of the star instrument which sounds like a triangle or a twinkly thing or whatever it's cute but it's twinkle twinkle little star i'm not playing it here (laughs) you know what the song sounds like feel free to youtube the heck out of it maybe i'll put it in the show notes it's adorable but really after listening to it once what more do you need what's interesting is music maker song number three because it is a completely original track Uh, as far as i know i don't think it's based on anything and it's a looping track because that was something else that you could do you could create some music that looped much like video game music in general tends to do uh or you could just have it end like in music maker song number one but i dug this this track it's very good at getting stuck in your head so uh if it does and you don't like it i apologize wholeheartedly Uh, But for those of us that do like it, here is track number nine, Music Maker Song number three. And that's a track that does a very good job of highlighting the animal sounds. Uh, it's it's just such a cute song, and and it's you know it's a little repetitive, but it was another. It was there as a tool. It was there as a. This is what you can do. These are the kinds of sounds that you can create when you make all these things work in tandem. And they were totally malleable. You were free to edit and mess around with these songs all you wanted. It would just be here's a coloring book of. Uh, it's just a blank, uh, not blank template, but here's a template. Now go nuts, make them sound however you want to. Change notes, move things around, or just study what made these songs tick, and then go from there. Um, and it, it was it was great. I spent so much time creating music. 
I, I, I really and and it was this program that eventually moved me on to things like the impulse tracker and then being a musician in real life and and all that a lot of that inspiration came from Mario Paint. It was such a great tool to ignite my imagination on in music creation and being able to manipulate notes in a way that was understandable to me. Because it took a lot of the, the math out of it and just really boiled it down to a very basic, here is what you can do. And then once I had that skeletal structure, it was very easy for me to move on to different things you know, past Mario Paint in, in as far as music creation. So it was a great program. I really wish they would have made a proper new Mario Paint sometime in the last bunch of years. I mean, they did the Mario Artist series, which appears to be a direct follow-up to Mario Paint, but those were only on the 64DD, which never came out in America. So I've never experienced those. Um, and it's a darn shame that that stuff didn't really hit worldwide because... There should have been a Mario Paint on the Wii. There, there should be a Mario Paint on the, on the 3DS. There should be a Mario Paint on the Wii U. Which, I mean, Mario Maker to an extent, it, it draws a lot of inspiration from it. Uh, as a matter of fact, the next track that we're going to listen to, uh, which is track number ten, is in Super Mario Maker. Um, this is the save robot. Uh, there was a giant robot that showed up on the screen every time you wanted to save something, and saving was a pretty complex process in uh, Mario Paint. It took a lot longer than it did to save, like, say, your game in Chrono Trigger or, or even Super Mario World or something. Um, it was a pretty long process to save and load. Uh, so they had this really cool-looking robot, which is also in Super Mario Maker, and when the robot was on the screen, it would play this really cool groove. Like, this this... It's very bass-heavy. It's, it's again, uh, similar to the special stamp thing. It's very industrial-sounding, but I think this is a much better track than that. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, and even though you would wind up listening to it for longer than you wanted to, because if you wanted to load your stuff, you really wanted it to be there, and, and watching it sh you know, load or save bit by bit was always kind of a hassle, but at least you had this really cool music to listen to and that really kick-ass robot to look at while you were doing it. So... Here is track number 10, Save Robot, from Mario Paint. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I haven't really listened to it very thoroughly, but I know this track is, is in Super Mario Maker, and I don't know how altered it is. The little bit that I've heard sounds remarkably similar to it, but what a cool, cool track that is. You know, just, just really the driving bass line, just the, the kind of... It's, it's very repetitive in its own way. Uh, it's actually very repetitive in, in every way. It's very repetitive, but it, it, it adds and changes things to such a smart degree that it just the repetitive nature of it doesn't really seem to bother me so much as it just adds to the overall charm of the piece. And um, I'm really glad to see that that super cool robot is back in Super Mario Maker because he was a really cool robot. I liked him. He saved my games. Anyway, we're moving into the last leg of the episode tonight, uh, and the remaining songs are all going to be from the secondary mode, Nat Attack. Um, Nat Attack was this uh, separate minigame built within Mario Paint that was three stages long and was incredibly fun. It was basically just like, you know, target practice, uh, except with a mouse, and you just move the mouse around, and every time you press the button on the mouse, uh, the little hand which is a little white gloved hand that had a face on the palm, which you would see when you got hit, uh, was holding a fly swatter, and it would just smack whatever bugs were underneath the fly swatter. And it was up to you to just move your mouse around and swat as many bugs as you could. And there were lots of different kinds of bugs that would show up, and you know wasps that would shoot little stingers at you and stuff, bugs that would move in crazy patterns, bomb bugs, and, and every bug made a really weird little sound whenever you hit it, like... Not a sound that was related to what hitting a bug would be. Like, you would hit something, like a bomb bug, and it would go like, pew! Or you would hit a regular gnat, and it goes, rip! Like, just these really strange little noises. And I'm not really doing an impersonation of a sound effect. Like, the sounds sounded like a dude doing that. It was just, it was very bizarre and very fun. And I was really happy to see that this mode is making a sort of comeback in Super Mario Maker. I don't know the full extent of it. They just released a trailer about it the other day, uh, but it was all in Japanese. I didn't really understand a lot of it. But seeing this mode come back makes me so happy because I love Nat Attack. I spent so much time just beating this game over and over and over again because it was so much fun. It was just the right amount of challenge. It was really clever. It was just It was just a blast to play. So, like I said, there were three stages. All three stages had different music. Um, we're going to actually start with Nat Attack Stage 2, uh, and we're going to save Nat Attack Stage 1 because it is my favorite track of the night. It is my track of the night, hands down. Nat Attack Stage number 1 is fantastic, and I really want to end on a high note. Not to say that any of the next couple of tracks are bad, but they're not the level of awesome that is Nat Attack number 1. So let's start with uh, track number 11, Nat Attack Stage 2. Enjoy. Thank you. 
What a remarkably cool groove that song's got. Just, just a really, really, really cool groove. Um, uh, you'll, you'll hear the first track a little bit later. The, the stage one was very energetic. It's, 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 it's real hyper. It's got a very swing music tune uh, vibe to it. And this one just kind of, kind of takes things to a little laid back area, which is cute because the stage itself is, is not very laid back, which is, it, it's fun. But it's, it's, uh, it's as fun. It has that sense of, sense of coolness to it that the rest of the tracks do. And, and, and man, that attack is fun. So uh, we're going to move on to track number 12 for the evening, which is Nat Attack Stage 3. Now, this song is very intense, uh, and this stage is very intense. I mean, this is this is Stage 3. This is as difficult as it gets for Nat Attack, and there are bugs everywhere swarming from all the corners of the screen, swarming all over the place, and you've just got to swat the heck out of them to the best of your ability. And uh, I got really good at this game. Let me just say, I got really good at Nat Attack. I was able to just demolish this thing like nobody's business. I bet if I plugged it in now, I'd have a much harder time doing it. Boy, I can't wait for Super Mario Maker. But anyway, um, this is a much more intense sound, uh, song than we've heard prior in the evening. This is just... It's very drum-heavy. It's its almost not even real song. It's all just, just percussion, percussion, percussion. Uh, but it sounds really cool, and it's very memorable. So here is track number 12, Nat Attack, Stage 3. <laughs> So yeah, there's there's that kind of trumpet slash trombone part that comes in, and uh, but really the driving force of this is all that percussion, all that just 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 pounding pounding percussion, and the way it all just kind of comes together to sound like a swarm. So it almost like represents a swarming bug effect uh, there towards the the where the song loops. Really really clever, really really clever. It's it's a shorter track, but it doesn't really matter. It's all about intensity. And when you're playing this stage, the last thing you're thinking about is really paying attention to the music because there's so many bugs to hit. Um, but it all culminates into the Nat Attack boss. Now this is a big, I don't know, gray bee-looking thing. Shows up in all three stages, uh, and he's obviously hardest in uh, stage three. And this character definitely makes a comeback in Super Mario Maker. I saw him with my own two eyes. I'm very happy to see him back. Um, he's kind of tough. He makes a really weird sound when you hit him, just like all the other bugs in the game. But uh, his his boss music is really 
goofy. So, no matter what stage you're playing, once you get to the go- the to the actual boss music, it's just kind of goofy. Um, but it's a really fun uh, boss mode, and you know, coupled with the silly faces he makes when you smack him with the fly swatter and the funny sounds he makes, uh, just it it's absolutely perfect for for what the game's going for. So here is track number thirteen, Nat Attack Boss. <laughs> That's the Nat Attack boss music from Mario Paint, and uh, it's really fun. It's just like the rest of this game. It's it's just all about fun, uh, and and I hope you've enjoyed how how really remarkably different all these different tracks are from one another because this is because this is a game about creation. It's really nice to see that it it went in so many different directions when it came to the music. Like it's all cohesive, but at the same time, it's there's there's tracks are very different from one another it really runs the gamut uh and it's it's such a clever game such a clever game i love it to death uh so we've got two more tracks the next track is going to be very very short uh it's just a cute little ditty that i enjoy very much and it's the ditty that plays when you clear a stage in that attack uh you finally you you beat the boss the bug and he explodes into a bunch of different pieces and then uh there's a little bug floating around, and a bunch of white hands clapping at the bottom of the screen, and Mario runs across and does a little, you know, punch jump that he does, and hits the gnat, and it flies away. And it's cute. It's just adorable. I love it. I love it so very much. It's a very simple song, but it's a great stage-clear song. Uh, again, I would I would bet Dodge Donuts this was a, a hip Tanaka track, because it just, it just reeks of his clever nature of uh, really great stage clear tunes. So here is track number 14, Stage Clear. And yes, that is the sound of applause that you hear. <laughs> All that the little, your gloved hand friends, I guess, are happy that you uh, busted all the bugs in the stage and they're giving you a round of applause. And that's that's just adorable. So, time to move on to our last track, which is Nat Attack Stage 1. I love this song. Um, it's just really super good. It's really super fun. It's It's got a very um, swing music vibe to it. 
it's it's just greatness, and uh, which is why I saved it for uh, the, our last song of the evening because I always like going out on a high note, and this is, in my opinion, the highest note in the game. Um, just I'm not, I'm not even going to really gush on about it too much. I'm just going to play the track. Here is track number fifteen, Nat Attack Stage One. there was Nat Attack Stage 1, uh, a very jazzy tune, got lots of great energy to it, really cool drum beat, sounds sounds very much, as my wife pointed out, like something that you would hear out of the Donkey Kong Country soundtrack. It does, definitely has a, a David Wise uh, feel to it, it's just that has that, that good energy, you could totally picture Donkey Kong jumping around, it's, it's, it's got a lot in common with uh, the Jungle Japes theme that Donkey Kong Country is uh, known for. But uh, it's just a fun, fun tune. I really love listening to it. I love playing that attack to it. I love swatting, swatting flies with it. And I would be, uh, I would be lying if I said that every time I pick up a fly swatter, that song doesn't pop into my head for at least a second, because it's just super, super awesome and super fun. 
Ah, but thank you very much for listening. That's our show. Tune in next time where we'll be continuing Geekade's love of all things Metal Gear by taking you all the way back to the very beginning of the saga with the original Metal Gear for NES. And don't forget to check out our other upcoming Metal Gear Month articles, including a new Think Tank piece by John Heacock, uh, the same gentleman who wrote that really cool piece about PT and its disappearing off the PlayStation Network, as well as a new Lost in Time piece about the grossly underplayed Metal Gear Solid for Game Boy color. It's all in honor of the release of Metal Gear Solid 5, uh, because we love us some Metal Gear, and you should too. As always, I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of these games, so if you like, you can send them to mail at geekade.com. If you've enjoyed the show, you can check us out on all of the regular social social media channels like uh, Twitter and Facebook, which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. While you're at it, check out all the other great content we have over on our site at geekade.com. Thanks again for listening, and have a great night.